But it's good to be here. I love this facility. This is my first time to get to be with you in this facility. I really like the way it looks, the way it feels. Using it again for the glory of God as it was when it was new. I want to speak to you this morning, not about who the world says you are, but I want you to be sure that you remember whose you are. Forty or more years ago, there was a song, Because of Whose I Am, and it was very popular and it was beautiful. It's not because of anything that we do, but it's because of who he is and all that he is that we are who we are. Because we are his, we belong to him. And that is a great thing. So don't forget whose you are. As we look at the word of God this morning, it is so powerful. It is the word of God that will sustain us. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, physical bread, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God the Word of God. We need the Word of God to sustain us, to uphold us, to keep us where we need to be, to keep us on track. It's the guardrails, if you will, as we go through this life. I want to read that scripture that Blake just read one more time. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. For by grace. Let's stop right there a minute. We know that we are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone, for the glory of God alone, all found evident and based upon the word of God alone because God is a sovereign God. We need to always remember whose we are. In this world, this world will tell us we are a lot of things. It'll tell us that we are not what we ought to be, that we are not enough, that we are insecure, that we are unstable, that we have all types of problems and issues. And we all do have problems and issues. That goes with this life because Jesus himself even said, in this world, you will have tribulation. In the Greg Reed paraphrased version, it is, in this world, you will have frustration. Have any of y'all ever been frustrated with this life? One reason that we are frustrated with this life is because we were not made for this life. We are made in his image for that life. Those five solas are very important to keep in front of us at all times. We need to realize that as the scripture says right there next, for by grace you have been saved through faith, not of your own doing. When I was a kid coming up, I heard a lot about self-made men. They told me that Abraham Lincoln was a self-made man. I don't believe that. I believe God put Abraham Lincoln where he was, used him in a mighty way. And I believe that we are God-made men, not self-made men. God-made women, not self-made women. But we are his workmanship because it says that right on down in the text. 
so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship. You know, there's a lot of artists in this world, and they all sign their paintings, whether it's a Da Vinci or whether it's uh, Rene or whomever. They sign them. But when God made you, he made you in his image. That's his signature on you. He made you in his likeness. He made you a threefold being, spirit, soul, and body, just he, like he is a threefold being, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So remember who you are and that God has put his mark on you. That we were created in Christ Jesus for good works. When we do those good works, those good works are not because of us, because Christ created us for good works that we may do them in the glory of God and that we should walk in them. When we do something good, when Greg does something good, it's not about Greg, it's about God. Now when Greg does something wrong, that's about Greg because he's made some poor decisions. Anybody here ever made some poor decisions because we forgot who we were? We need to understand and always remember whose we are. I want to look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Look at what God's word says there. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Who is it? God, it's okay to talk to me. You won't scare me. We are God's people. Everybody say God's people. We are God's people. We don't need to forget whose we are. I'm glad to have my grandsons with me this morning, but I remind them all the time, don't forget whose you are because you are representing more than just yourself everywhere you go. You are representing the body of Christ, the church of the living God. So remember whose you are. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy and you who have received mercy belong to God. I've told the story when I've had the chance to speak here before about Hosea and he was in love with a woman that was not of good reputation and he had two children by her and she had gone away and come home pregnant and when she had the child, he named one of them not of my people and he named the other one not loved by me but when God spoke to him he said you need to adopt these kids and he went in and he changed their name from not loved by me to loved by me and not of my people was changed to of my people and that's the very same thing that God did for us he took us and he said I will adopt you I will take you in I will be a father unto you I will be a God unto you and you will be my people and he said I will love you and you will walk before me 
because you love me and you keep my commandments. We belong to God. John 15, 16 says it this way. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Think about that. So often we think, I found God or I chose God. God said he chose us. I think it's awesome that he chose us. One of the best things and most comforting things I have ever come across in the word of God is the fact that God is in charge of my salvation. Like it said in our text, said, this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God. We are God's because of his great gift, his gift of salvation. We need to remember who we are and what the value of a soul is. God looked down upon you and I because we are this world. And it said that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. And God loves us and he gave his son for us. So you need to remember you are valuable to God because he gave his son to die in your place for your sin that you might have everlasting life. Somebody say amen. That'd be a real good place for one. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go. God doesn't save us to sit idle. God saves us to do just like Jesus did and to be about our father's business. When Jesus was found in the temple, he said, no, you're not that I must be about my father's business. We read in our text that he created good works for us to do. So let's be looking for those good works so that we can bring glory and honor to God. Let's be looking for a place to insert good works in this life, not for our glory, but for the glory of God. Because whose are we? We are his. Who do we belong to? We belong to him. What are we doing all things for? The word of God says do all things for the glory of God. So when we do those good works, we do it to bring honor and glory to him. We are his sheep. I never wanted to be a sheep. Sheep are dumb. Study them. I'm sure I've told the story here before, but I was working on a farm with some very dear friends of mine. And I was just a teenage boy, and the owner of the farm said, Greg, when you finish lunch, go out there and call the sheep up. So I finished my lunch, and I went outside, and it wasn't far over to the, the north pasture, and I walked over there to the gate, and I started calling the sheep. And I tried everything that I had seen Walter Newbery do. Everything. I hollered the way he hollered. I got louder the way he got louder. But the sheep just kept grazing. You know, the scripture says, all we like sheep have gone astray. I know I've gone astray. 
I believe you have too, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So I kept trying. I even climbed over that gate and walked out into the pasture. I thought maybe those sheep were hard of hearing. So I got a little closer to him and I started hollering, whoop, just like he did. And the sheep didn't move. I got real frustrated. I walked around the sheep and said, come on. They didn't come on. I kept calling them to me. I got frustrated. Because like I told you, in this world, you'll have frustration. I went back. I climbed over the gate. And I stood there leaning on it, just saying, why are those sheep not coming to me? Walter walked up and put his hand on my shoulder and said, I thought I got asked you to call the sheep. I said, well, Walter, I've been trying. But they don't, they don't hear me. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. He let out one whoop. Whoop! Every sheep raised their head, looked at him, and came straight to him. Jesus says, my sheep will know my voice. My sheep hear my voice. John 10, 27, 28. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. And they follow me, and I give them eternal life. You know, in the original, eternal means everlasting, forever, without end. There is no way to define it. It is continuous. It goes from before we knew anything till after we'll know anything. Eternity. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. Wow, that's a long time. Never perish. And no one, I like this part, will snatch them out of my hand. Whose sheep are we? We are his. Because he says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. Who knows us? He knows us. And he gives us eternal life and we will never perish. Isn't it comforting to know that we belong to him and he has prepared a place for us? I love John 14 and 1 said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, the King James Version says, rooms, the ESV says, in my Father's house are many rooms, and I've prepared that place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you, that where I am, there you may be also. Why? Because the one we belong to is coming back for us. When I was young, we went to church all the time. You couldn't go to church without hearing somebody preaching or speaking of the coming of Jesus Christ. I think a lot of times these day and age, this day and age, we have neglected the fact that Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back, the word of God says, for a bride that has made herself ready. I have a bride. She is a wonderful lady. She's serving at our church this morning. Jesus has a bride. And his bride is serving here and now. His bride is serving right now at RCC. But we are not quite ready because the marriage of the Lamb has not come yet. 
but we belong to him. Even though my wife's in Fayetteville and I'm over here in McDonough, I know I belong to her and she belongs to me. I'm not concerned about that. I know that after service, we will meet up again and probably have some lunch together because we love each other. Jesus has prepared a place for you and he's coming back to meet us and get us and take us to be with him. Jesus, he's the one we belong to. Who will take us from Christ? No one is what the scripture says. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. You are not your own. You belong to him. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says that you are bought with a price and you are not your own. And that price is not corruptible as silver or gold, but it is with the precious blood of the Lamb of God. I like what Psalm 4 and 3 says. But know that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. We are set apart. That is exactly what sanctified means. Set apart. We are put aside to use it. Some of you ladies have china and silver at home that you use only for special occasions because you set it aside. Literally, it is sanctified for when guests come or when we have a big Thanksgiving meal or a big Christmas meal. You set it apart, and that is exactly what God does with us. He sets us apart so that we can do the good works that he ordained before we were even here. God sets us apart. That's who set us apart. And we're set apart for who? For him. Luke 19 and 10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. I was lost, but who came looking for me? Christ did. Christ came to me. You see, this is just a body. This is just a house of flesh that we live in, in the here and now. It's just something that our soul abide in, abides in because our soul existed long before. And the word of God says in Ephesians that he chose us before the foundation of the world. Now, I'm pretty old. I'm 70 years old, but I'll tell you, I wasn't here before the foundation of the world. But God knew me before the foundation of the world. And he chose me. And he knew you if you're a child of God. And he chose you. And he formed you to be like him, to be used by him, and to bring him glory and honor. And you belong to God if you are a child of God. And I'm glad that we can call him Father. He said, the Son of Man come to seek and to save the lost. You see, he came to find me because I was lost. Jesus wasn't lost. I hear a lot of people say, I found Jesus. Jesus wasn't ever lost. I was lost. I was lost in sin. Ephesians says, it, Ephesians says it's this way. He said, you were dead in trespasses and sin. Dead. That's a pretty serious word. It's one of them four-letter words. You were dead in trespasses and sin, but God, being rich in mercy, reached down and called you to him. 
and you heard it, the only reason you heard it is because you are his sheep and you belong to him. And he chose you before the foundation of the world. Some of us wonder in this life as we go through it why we don't fit in in this world. I want to tell you why. You don't fit in with the cliques and, and the clubs and the, and the gatherings because you were not made as a child of God to fit into this world. You were made to fit into his kingdom. Somebody say amen. You were made to fit into the kingdom of God. That's why you don't fit here because we don't belong here. We're going to a better place. We're going to a place not made with hand. Just like Abraham was looking for a city whose builder and ruler was God, I'm looking for that city. And the book of Revelation tells us in 21 that John saw that city coming down as a bride adorned for her husband. And he will come down, <coughs> the city will come down as a bride adorned for her husband when the bride has made herself ready. He's coming back. He's coming back for a bride. He's coming back for a people who hasn't forgot who they whom they belong to. If we were not made for this world, but we were made for that world, let's live here like we belong there. Because people are watching us. The book of Hebrews tells us, wherefore seeing we are compassed about with so great a crowd of witnesses, let us lay aside this weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. So let's watch how we walk because of whom we belong to. Let's watch how we live because of whom we belong to. We belong to him. I want to remind you of what it says in 1 Peter 2 and 9 and 10, remember always, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Remember, he called us out of darkness and we belong to him. He called us into his marvelous light and we belong to him. He said he would never leave us nor forsake us. In John chapter 14, verse 18, Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. That's a promise. God is coming back for us. Psalm 37, verses 23 and 24. Psalmist David says, The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. When we struggle in this life and when we stumble and fall and we all like sheep have gone astray, we will stumble and fall. But who is it that reaches down a hand to lift us up? God does. Who is it that lifts us up? We used to sing that song out of the miry clay. He lifted me up. David said, I waited patiently for the Lord and, and, 
and called out to him, and he inclined unto me, and he heard my prayer, and he lifted me up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon the rock, and that rock is Jesus Christ. Who do we belong to? We belong to the one that will help us up when we are down. We belong to the one who is able to, as the scripture says, keep us from falling. We belong to the one who paid the price on Calvary's tree that we might be set free from the guilt of sin and walk in the newness of life. Who do you belong to? I belong to Christ. I am his. Peace in this life does not come from an absence of problems because God says specifically in his word, we're going to have tribulation. We're going to have frustration. Peace in this life is the confidence that you belong to God no matter what happens. We serve a sovereign God and if a sovereign God tells me I am his, I believe it. Somebody say, I believe it. If a sovereign God tells me my sins are forgiven, I believe it. If a sovereign God tells me my sins are washed away, I believe it and removed as far as the east is from the west, I believe it. If a sovereign God tells me he's coming back for me, I believe it because he is what he says he is. Is this word true? Absolutely. Every word in here is true. And everything he said and every promise he made is true. And he is who he says he is. And we are who he says we are. I love the passage of scripture. Isaiah 41 verses 9 and 10. Listen to God's word to his people. And if you are God's people, this is for you. You are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. That's powerful. When times are tough, go to that verse. When you lay down at night and you're troubled, go to that verse. Put it in your mind before you go to sleep at night and let God work his work because God is a faithful God. And if he said he would never leave us nor forsake us, I promise you he will never, ever leave us or forsake us. You are my servant. I have chosen you. In Jeremiah 1 and 5, he said to Jeremiah, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you, and I appointed you a prophet to the nations. God knew him before he was even formed in the womb. When we realize who we are, we become less and less interested in who we thought we were. We used to think we were something. We need to quit thinking we're something and start thinking he is everything because it's all about him. 
Later on, Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 29 and 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me and you will seek me when you seek me with all of your heart. It's awesome to know that we will find him when we seek him. Jesus said himself, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And the thing is, when you commit to Christ, he doesn't quit seeking you. He keeps searching after you. He's relentless in his search for you. And he keeps searching for you and more of you. You see, Christ wants all of us. Everything that we have. All that we are. Anything that we can do or will be, Christ wants. Because of whose we are. We belong to him. You see, you're here this morning because of your love for God, your respect for God. And God knew us long before this morning. In eternity past, he chose us. In eternity future, we will live with him in our Father's house. In closing, I want to read Isaiah 62, 12. I love this passage of scripture. And they shall be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you shall be called sought out, a city not forsaken. Sought out. Sought is the past tense of seek. Sought out. He came and found us when we were lost. Because the Son of Man come to seek and to save the lost. The old hymn writers knew what it meant to be sought out. In Come Thou Found, he says, Jesus sought me when a stranger. He sought me. The old song, Victory in Jesus, says, He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. If you're here this morning and you're a child of God, he sought you out. He came looking for you. He found you. He called you. And because you are his sheep, you heard his voice. Don't forget whose you are. Let's pray. Father God, we are thankful for your word. We're thankful for your love. We're thankful for your power and your mercy. We're thankful that you loved us enough to come and get us when we were lost. We're thankful that you chose us before the foundations of the world. We're thankful that you gave your son for us to die in our place for your sin. Use us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.